You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Sometimes parenting is all about making it through to bedtime. Perspective isn't something that's found easily when you're looking after small humans and juggling all the demands of life. Lenore Pearson is a life coach and author of Self-Assured, Navigating Your Way on Life's Voyage. In her book, she uses the metaphor of sailing to show that everyone can benefit from a bit of perspective so that we can have a greater sense of control about where our lives are heading. Lenore, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Now, you were a mum of three. I am. Why did you write a book? <laughs> Doesn't seem like you'd have a lot of time. I get that a lot. Um, writing a book was something I always felt that I I had in me. I had a book in me. I wasn't sure what it was going to be about, but I just knew it was something I wanted to do. I honestly thought it was something I was uh, going to do a lot further down the track uh, when the kids were older, when I actually had a bit of time to sit and have a bit of peace. But this opportunity arose. um, I got uh, contacted by this beautiful book coach um, in America. Her her name is Dallas. And she very bravely sent me an email and said, look, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, but I just came across one of your blog posts. And it was a blog post on my experience with postnatal depression. And she said, I love how you've written your perspective on on postnatal depression. Um, Have you ever thought about writing a book? I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I have, but I didn't think that this was going to be something I'd be doing now. In any case, um, these opportunities don't come up very often. And I thought, if I don't jump on this now, it could be another 20 years before I write this book. And there was just something about Dallas that made me feel so comfortable um, and proud of my um, my journey, and she said, "You've got a story to tell, so tell it." And I just I jumped in, and it was quite an epic journey in itself writing the book. But um, I learnt so much about myself because it's it. interesting. You say it was postnatal depression that mm-hmm. kind of, um, and you're writing about that because this book isn't specifically about postnatal depression, you've obviously brought in other parts of your um, training Mm -hmm. into this. What's your background apart from having that experience? What else do you do that has helped shape this book? Well, I'm I'm a holistic counsellor and and life coach, so they kind of kind of goes hand in hand. Holistic counselling is a a unique form of counselling where you look at the whole person um, and everything that they bring to their life, all aspects of their life. So uh, going on this journey myself um, for a very long time, I let the postnatal depression define who I was. So, you know, it kind of just overshadowed everything. But when I was able to just take a step out of that and go, okay, who who am I without the depression? And all these other areas started to come in and I started to remember things I really wanted to do and things I'd put on hold or that I told myself, you know, or like I can't, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I'm a mum. I, I can't do things like that anymore. Um, so I then, um, I actually have a teaching background. I was a primary school teacher. But then, you know, after I had my kids, I, I found that there was, there was something else 
there was just something else in me. I wasn't sure what it was until I um, got a job running workshops uh, on happiness and goals and mindfulness. And I thought, this is what I want to do. But I, um, that was working with groups of people. But I wanted to do more one-on-one because I found that there was such a need for people to have that one-on-one um, interaction with someone who can help them navigate their way through things that they've let define their life, but help them to open up and see that there is so much more waiting for them. It's really interesting as well that you finding that goal was actually, your goal was helping other people. So that's what brought you sort of out of that defining yourself. It was. um, And it's funny because at the time I felt I needed a lot of help. (laughs) But in, in the process, because, you know, at the time I'm like, well, who am I to be able to help other people when, you know, I can't even get my life together. But the things I learned and... Um, learning to be a bit kinder to myself and then realising that what it comes down to is connection with other people. And the moment you are brave enough to talk about things that have affected you, other people are brave enough to go, hey, yeah, me too. I've been through that as well. So um, in the process of helping other people through it, from my experience, I was actually able to help myself as well. And um You know, compared to who I was about 10 years ago, I'm a completely different person now. With the book, um, as I mentioned, you use the metaphor of sailing, Mm. which is incredible. (laughs) I was looking, I was thinking, how is she going to maintain this, the whole book? But it was like, it was like sailing was, this metaphor was made for you and made for this book. Like, did it surprise, was it hard or or did it surprise you how easily that came together? It was surprising because I have no sailing background whatsoever. (laughs) You did write something in the intro about... It's the first line of the book, I am not a sailor. And I thought it's probably good to just preface that because people are going to think that, you know, I'm an expert on this. But I, you know, for the life of me, couldn't even tell you how I... I came up with that idea. I think it just kind of grew from one little idea. I think it, I thought, oh, well, this will make a good chapter if I kind of use this analogy and the idea of, you know, at times we're, you know, on a, on a big ship full of people, surrounded by lots of people, and then at other times we're out on a, on a little dinghy on our own, kind of really struggling to, to row ourselves. But the more I got into the book and the more I kind of used that metaphor, all these other things, ideas started coming up and and quotes too because you use some some really amazing quotes i love my quotes in the start and they're all kind of references somehow to life and sailing and the water and navigation yes incredible i know i don't know how i missed (laughs) i missed it for so long um so in terms of um i guess one of your chapters is about plotting your way mm. and and having a sense of where you're going. My kids now are seven and five, mm-hmm. and I feel in a way that only now am I getting some perspective, and it's slightly terrifying mm. because when I don't know if this was your experience, but when you have a baby, for me it was like, oh well, I'm just gonna batten down the hatches <laughs> because I can't focus on anything yeah. else. Like I, all it. of my yeah. attention is here. Um, perspective. 
Why, in your experience, do you think it, it is helpful for parents, even at that stage, for me, it was like, oh, well, I'm just going to batten down the hatches because I can't focus on anything else. Like, all of my attention is here. Um, Why, in your experience, do you think it, it is helpful for parents, even at that stage, to plot a course or to have some perspective on where they're at? Um. I, I know for, for me, like it was for you very, very early on, it was very much the same. It was, it was all about the kids. Um, I felt that, you know, I'd lost who I was, I'd lost my identity and uh, a very big part of the book is about challenging those perceptions we have about life, um, about parenthood. So I think it's, it's very easy for us to um, put ourselves into a box and I know for me it was like, okay, well, I'm a parent now, so um, it, it's it's all about the kids. It's it's about what's best for them, making sure they're being fed the right things, being educated the right way. And I completely lost um, all the things that, that I wanted to do. So perspective doesn't always mean knowing where your life is heading, right? It can some times be about just understanding where you're at mm-hmm. how can finding that sort of perspective like this is where I am right now help you as a parent a lot of it comes down to um, how you look at things and that's a really big thing that I've tried to draw on in my book is our perception of life so I like to tell people to try and reframe where they're at in life and and look at it from a different point of view. So with parenting, um, I know you you hear a lot of parents say, I don't know who I am anymore. I've lost my identity. Um, It's all about the kids. And we get caught up in that because we think that um, everything has to be about being a mum or being a wife. And we put our our other goals on hold. So the way I like to look at it is I reframe it and say, well, instead of looking at parenting as holding me back, I look at it as how is it enhancing my life? A perfect example is, you know, for, for as long as I can remember, I wanted to go to Paris. Okay. Um, that was top of my bucket list for many, many years, up until about six years ago when my daughter came along. And we, um, you know, Paris always kept getting, you know, put on the back burner. I can't do it. I've got kids. We can't travel. Many reasons. And when I started to uh, read books to my daughter about Paris and, and climbing up the Eiffel Tower, she suddenly got this love for this place she's never seen. But she turned to me and she said, Mommy, one day I want to climb the Eiffel Tower with you. Aww. And it was in that moment that I thought, you know what, this is, you know, I was starting to grow resentful of the fact that I couldn't do the things I really wanted to do. But then on the other hand, I'm like, I've got this beautiful little person who one day when she's old enough, I'm going to get to share that experience with her and it's going to be so much more memorable. So it's just all about reframing. You know, for me, uh, having a family has enhanced my life in so many ways and I am a million times the person I was before I had them. Let's look at that 
Um, I want to ask you about Paris because when you <laughs> said that, I was like, yes, I want to do a writing retreat in the Cotswolds. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. um, and I do think, I know that I definitely, once I had kids, was like, oh, traveling, that's mm. that's never going to happen because yes. uh, we have to all the other things we have to spend money on, um, including having a roof over our heads, because that's just, um, we're <laughs> yeah, not millionaires. That's a, that's a bit of a factor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but would you recommend, uh, as a counsellor, as a life coach, and also as part of your book, would you recommend still having that kind of goal? Like, or, or do you think be realistic and say, okay, you want to buy a home. So you're not, you're not going to just don't worry about overseas. Or do you, do you think it's important to still say one day, okay, well, let's say towards Paris in 2030 or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the moment you stop having those dreams and goals is the moment you stop living. You know, uh, these days there are so many things that – that weigh us down and that anchor us, which is a lot of what I talk about in the book, the things that anchor us. And it's just having that bravery to um, find ways to lift those anchors. It may not happen straight away and that's okay. You know, um, I think these days we're in such a rush to, to do things, you know, straight away. Everything's just so instant and we forget about just being in the moment and enjoying what's right in front of us. So I say yes, I think dreams are really, really important. Um, And there will come a time where you will have those opportunities. And, you know, the the more you tell yourself that, the more you find ways, I think opportunities come up um, that that allow you to to see that to fruition. So... um, Absolutely. I, I'm I going to the Cotswolds is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, f- absolutely. Daniel, Cotswolds. husband, if you're listening, uh, you've heard it from Lenore. <laughs> I'm actually going to go out there and write my bucket list. Yes. The interesting thing about what you're saying for me as well is because my kids are five and seven, they, I feel like we're coming out of the trenches. So mm. my, my thing when I speak to parents who have toddlers or babies, I'm like, you are there. You, you are right in that moment where everything is about the kids. Mm. But um, you'll find, I think when your youngest is four, then you start to have a bit more time. Yeah. Then you start to – and if you stop dreaming, you'll get to a point where, like you say, the opportunity to do those things, you've just put them away in a box and you've forgotten about them, and then all of a sudden you've got time on your hands. Mm. Like your kids are at school and you've got more time to work or to do other things, and then all of a sudden you're left there going, oh, what do I do without my kids? What, what do I do when my kids don't need me so much anymore? Yeah. And that could be frightening. Yeah, I had that exact moment this year because my, my youngest was off to school, so no more kids at home. And for that first term, I you know, I really didn't know what to do with myself because... And I, you'll have mothers everywhere going, what do you mean? I know. That, <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, have another nap. I thought, I thought oh, there's, there's so many things I can do, all those things I put on hold for five years, I can do now. But then I found I was pacing up and down the house, not knowing what to do with myself. Um, but it's it's so true. I mean, when you think about it, our kids are only kids for such a short time compared to the rest of their life. And yes, right now, if you've got young kids, it might feel like it is all about them and you just cannot see the light of day and the end of the tunnel. But my my kids are 13, 9 and 5 and probably in the last two years is when 
I started to feel like I was gaining a little bit of my life back. Um, but of course, that comes, it comes with sacrifice too. Um, but yeah, when, when your kids are, are at a stage where they're a little bit more self-sufficient and you know that you don't have to be watching their every move and they're not getting up to no good if they're being quiet. Which they still are. They're, yeah. they're doing that till they yes. leave home, really. <laughs> my, my nine and five-year-old, uh, yeah, yeah, conference, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it gets better. That's, you know, it, it does get so much easier. Um, and there will come a time when, like I say, there will come a time for you to shine. Um, your time will come, but just don't lose sight of those things that you really want to do. Write them down. Put them on paper. Um, I've got numerous journals and books around where I've got lists of things. I've got a specific bucket list book of things that I've written down. And you know what? Little by little, I'm ticking those things off. And, you know, even if I can do one thing a year, then that's fantastic. But especially if it's Paris, especially if it's Paris, <laughs> <laughs> but I, some of these things that I've experienced, like I said, have been enhanced so much more because I got to share them with my kids. So, um, that's, that's how I, I like to, to give it a bit of a different perspective on, you know, it's not. It doesn't have to be all about them. Just don't lose sight of what you want to do. Lenore, I think I'll have to wrap it up there. We'll talk all day. Thank you so much for coming in. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That's Lenore Pearson, author of Self-Assured, Navigating Your Way on Life's Voyage. And we'll put links to where you can get a copy of the book in the notes of this episode. Does your child know where their milk comes from? How about potatoes? And it wasn't long after we developed the branding and everything for the character and I started writing the first book that I came across some pretty staggering statistics about what kids don't know about where food comes from. And that's where the educational side came into it. And so I said to Ben, you know, I think not only do we need to make this character really inspirational, he needs to be educational as well. That's Simone Kane, co-creator of George the Farmer, a very handy character who's all about explaining the journey from paddock to plate. Simone is up next on Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning, and I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Hold up. 